Hey guys, welcome back to Brooks Books. In this episode, I'll be reviewing Just Like Jackie, and the featured author is Kelly Yang. How do you guys like my bonus episode on Sunday? As I said in the description of the podcast episode, that was a bonus for you guys because you've been so patient and waited two weeks for an episode these past two weeks because of busy and sickness. So, anyways, this book is amazing. Lindsay Stoder, who wrote this book, is an amazing author, and I've been reading a lot of her books lately. I'll get into her books later. I have no comments or emails this episode, and uh, if you want to have a shout-out or have a book recommendation for the podcast, send it in. So, uh, I guess that means it's time for the summary. Robinson has always been her grandpa's right hand, but his memory is getting tired and she's helping him all she can. But with the biggest bully at school bullying her about her name and the fact that she doesn't have a mom, it's not exactly easy staying out of the principal's office. So Robinson decides to be as good as possible for her grandpa and realizes there's a lot of people who have hard things going on at home too. Um, so, Lindsay Stoddard is such a great writer that when I was reading this book, whenever Robinson got would get really mad or the bully was bullying her, and I was super mad too. But anyways, as you know, Lindsay Stoddard wrote this book, and she also wrote Bias for Blended, which I'll be reviewing in, on the podcast sometime, because I also really enjoyed that one. Um, Brave Like That, Write Like Rain, and The Real Deal. This is a single book, and there are no add-ons. Time for the first chapter. <clears throat> Chapter 1, obviously. Um, before I know it, I have Alex Carter's nose blood on me. My fist is tingling and his blood is squirted up the right sleeve of my sweatshirt. Everyone is crowding around and Alex is crying like some tiny baby. She's crazy, he screams and points right at me. She punched me. He shouldn't have called me Robin. Maybe his face would be all in one piece and, and he wouldn't... S- and he wouldn't be sobbing like a weenie if he knew when to shut his mouth. Baseballs drop to the hard-packed snow, and all the players rush to third ba- base, where Alex is crying. I'm standing over him. Everyone else is abandoning their snowmen, and games of tag and running fast surround us. Fight! 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 They're probably all thinking it's about time Alex Carter got popped, and they're right. Derek's fumbling over now, too, as fast as he can, and yelling, Robbie, wait! But his feet are too big, and he's the slowest kid in the grade, and he'd be no help in a fight anyway. He's too scrawny. The teachers are sprinting across the yard to get between us, but I'm in ready position. Right fist up, right fist up to strike if I have to. Left hand inside my baseball glove, blocking my face. I should have known that Alex would, wouldn't do anything but cry and bleed in the snow. He's the biggest bully in fifth grade, but I shot him up good. He's not laughing at me now and flapping his arms and calling me a motherless robin bird. A splatter of red is drying on my sleeve, but I don't give a crap. 
tough people look tough. That's why Alex has flowy blonde hair like feathers and baby blanket blue eyes and why my knuckles have his blood on them. And he was calling me a bird. I don't have any feathers, nothing soft like that. My hair is blonde too, but dirty blonde, not all white and fluffy. And I don't wear it loose and flowy like he does. Mine is pulled back into two thick braids under my Dodgers hat. The braids aren't perfect either because Grandpa doesn't always pull them tight enough. So by the end of the day, all my curls give up on being good and start popping out left and right. I know how that feels. Alex is blubbering now and spraying snotty blood from his nose like it's going to kill him. It splatters like spilled transmission fluid, red splotches across the white ground. Grandpa taught me how to seal transmission fluid links under the hood of a 1999 Honda Civic at the garage. But I'm happy to let Alex sop up his bloody nose with the sleeve of his sissy boy snowboarding jacket. There's no sealing up a kid that's gone that bad. I should know. What's wrong with her, he screams. White puffs of sad, sorry bully breath escape from his crying mouth. The first teacher that gets there is telling him to tip his head back and pinch his nose and asking if he's all right and making a big deal. Derek's still running and yelling, it's not her fault, which feels pretty okay. Because it's true, and no one else will believe me, but Derek does. Then, Mr. Danny has me by my shoulders. That was not very ladylike, he says, all mean and closed-jawed and under his breath like he's sick of me, but also maybe secretly glad someone finally gave that pest Alex what he deserves. What he, what he deserved. What kind of ladies are you talking about, I say? The prissy, snap-in-half kind who let stupid boys call him names? He pushes me away from Alex and toward the front school door. And all of the kids who are out for recess are staring at me with their jaws hanging open. Derek's following behind us now, and he's out of breath. Not her fault. Mr. Danny shoes him off. Let her. But no one can hear the rest of what Derek is stammering, because Alex's baby Carter yells out, That's why people need moms, or they'll end up like her. He's crying at the same time, so he sounds all pathetic, but I'm not going to get let him get away with that crap. I try to wiggle out of Mr. Danny's hold, and he tightened his grip on my shoulder, so I whip around and shout, shout back, You turn out mean and weak and pathetic, so what does that say about your mom? Robbie! Derek exclaims and pumps his purple fleece mittens in the air. I can't tell if he's cheering on me on or trying to get me to shut my mouth, so I don't get in any more trouble than I'm already in. But either way, I know he's got my back. The rest of the kids in the yard are still standing around me with their mouths hanging open. Mr. Danny nudges me across the yard toward the school. No one talks about my mom. Not even Grandpa. Not ever. I would listen to Grandpa if he talked about my mom and not get all mad. But he doesn't. Maybe because he forgets the way he sometimes forgets why he folded his winter jacket and put it in his underwear drawer. Or what goes first, socks or shoes. Or maybe he doesn't forget my mom at all. Maybe he just doesn't want to remember. I do, though. But I can't. Not without Grandpa. And every time I ask, he closes up tight than a ru- tighter than a rusted bolt. The front door slams behind us, and Mr. Danny walks me into Principal Wheeler's office. I pull away and slump in one of the office chairs. No other kids are here. No other kids are ever here, because this is a school of chickens. I don't even know why they have so many chairs in the office. They just need one. Mine. You'll have to call Robinson's grandfather, he tells Miss Berg, the office lady. She sighs like this is old news and picks up the phone. This time we'll need him to come in. 
come in. I said it fast. My grandpa's not coming here. You can just suspend me, and I'll walk to his garage and help him work on the cars. Mr. Danny puts his hand on my shoulder, and I shake it off. That's not how it works, Robinson. What you did today was, is really serious. Miss Berg dials and holds the phone pinched between her ear and her shoulder, and I'm staring at the big clock on the wall above her head. It's afternoon already, which means Grandpa could be all turned around and confused. And if someone like a stupid office lady named Miss Berg pulls him out of his routine, it could be even worse. You don't have to call enough, Robinson, she cuts. While you're at it, you better call Alex Carter, Carter's mom, I say, too, I say, because he's blubbering real hard out there. I'm pretty sure I heard him cry for his mommy. Robinson, Miss Berg looks at me over the tops of her green frames of her glasses and shakes her head. And I'm wondering if she got named Miss Berg on purpose because she sounds like a bug and she looks exactly like one with those dumb green glasses. Plus, all she does is bug kids all day. Then my grandpa must pick up the phone because she puts on her fake nice voice and chimes. Yes, is this Mr. Hart? This is Miss Berg from Robinson School. She's fine. She's sitting right here with me, but we'll need you to come down to the office. There's been a little incident. Then she swivels in her chair so I can't hear the rest. Mr. Danny sits down in one of the bad kid chairs next to me and looks right in the eyes. Why did you do that, he asks. I just don't understand. I told you. He wouldn't stop calling me a little robin bird, flapping his arms and acting like he's all funny. I warned him to stop. I looked down at the blood draining my fist, then punch it twice hard into the worn leather pocket of my baseball glove. Mr. Danny doesn't say anything else, just blows a gust of disappointed air out out of his nose. No one calls me Robin, I reminded him. How many times do I have to tell him that before he gets through his thick skull? My name's Robinson. I'm sick of his crap. Um, <clears throat> so, as you can probably tell, that Alex Carter is the bully and that Robinson has a bit of anger issues. But before I go on, I do have some warnings. Um, as you saw, Robinson does say crap a lot, and her grandpa says the D word a couple times, and characters do use abbreviations for the F word, so this book is for older kids mostly. Um, but on that happy note, uh, time for the featured author, Kelly Yang. Kelly Yang is the author of lots of books, but her most popular books are her middle grade front desk series. I read them, and they were great. She also has a lot of other books like New From Here and Finally Seen. Kelly Yang has parents, but I couldn't find their names. Um, she's 38 years old, and she's still living today and still writing. She is single and has three kids. She also has a dog. Now for some fun facts. Kelly Yang was born in China and immigrated to the U.S. when she was six, and she didn't know a single piece of English. She grew up at motels in Southern California and managed the front desk just like the main character of the front desk series does. She went to college at the age of 13, apparently. Um, Kelly Yang went to law school, but then decided to not become a lawyer. Her dog is named Cody, and she tries to write every day when she's not walking him. Thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned next week for my next episode. And if you have a book recommendation or you want a shout-out, email me at brooksbooks13 at gmail.com. Bye!